Hey, it's your girl Ashley Easton, founder of the Amateur Expert brand, and you're not going to believe what we have coming up for you next. Ooh, tell me more. Hello, 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 everybody. It's your girl Ashley, the Amateur Expert, back live with you all, uh, bringing you this podcast. Uh, super excited to be back after our short hiatus. We've got some fire guests coming up and excited for you to see who will have this season. Uh, first up, we have Opal, who uh, is a dear friend uh, and excited for you guys to learn and see um, how you can be inspired by her and her journey. Uh, she is in and with us. So without further ado, we are going to get started because we will respect our time and yours. So Opal, we are going to see about getting you added. Hey! Happy Talk Tuesday! <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm well. I'm good. I'm doing awesome. I actually have today off, so it is a good day for me. It is an amazing day for you. Yes. Round of applause for that. Um, yes. Opal, I want to jump right in because you are a multi-hyphenate and you have so much to share with us. And so um, if you could please, on this lovely day off of yours, share with us who you are and what you do um, currently for work. Yeah, and I, I love that you have dubbed me a multi, multi-hyphenate. I just love that. Um, so I are. am a director of I'm a director of multicultural business strategy for a large uh, financial company by day, um, and I'm also a spoken word artist, uh, poet, uh, and MC as well. And uh, I do my best to be a leader in my community at the same I time. I love that. Do you did you see did you see all the hyphens happen? Did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see it? <laughs> Um, right, right. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, okay, so when you were a little girl, what um, did you want to be when you grew up? And what was like the motivating factor behind that? Yeah, so uh, first thing I wanted to be was a pediatrician. Uh, but it wasn't too long until I figured out that I didn't like germs. Um, so I did not want to do that. Then I wanted to be a defense lawyer forever. Uh, and then, um, for like two years, I think when I watched Boomerang, when I was like 12 or 13, I wanted to be a marketing executive <laughs> because it just Marcus. looked cool. Uh, yeah. and then ever since, uh, I would say high school, uh, I took my first psychology class and I totally fell in love with psychology. I still love mm-hmm. psychology. Uh, my degrees are in there and I wanted to be a psychologist. Uh, and still may, I still, I still may do that in the future. I still, um, hold that out. And yeah, those were just, I mean, I mean, like I said, there was some influence from TV and entertainment. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I wanted to be a whole bunch of things growing up. Well, I mean, it seems like this, that carried on with you as an adult. Um, right, <laughs> right. And I love that for you. Okay, so what did you think success was? If you had to give it a definition or like if you envisioned it as a child, what was mm-hmm. success at that point? Yeah, for me, it was totally like money, right? Like having like nice things, um, definitely doing something that I liked that I thought was cool, right? I wanted to be somebody who was like thinking and smart with my job, but also like made a lot of money and like pulled off from the office in like a nice car. That was like the, the tip top of like my my aspirations back then. And I think that, yeah, that's just that's just what I wanted. I, I grew up poor, pretty ghetto, and I was just like, yeah, I want I want to make some money. 
um, I want to do something. That was kind of my my vision of success, mm-hmm. I would say, back then. Of course, it's changed, uh, but that was it back then. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So along your journey, uh, I'm sure you've encountered mm-hmm. things um, that have allowed your definition to of success to change. So um, tell me, what is your definition not now and why did it change? And then we'll go into your career journey. Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, freedom and joy, right? Like, and there has to be some sort of impact. Like, like I want the world to be better, even if it's in a small sense, since I was here, right? And that I did something with my life. So freedom is huge for me. I'm also a mom. I've got a 15-year-old daughter, and I want to be able to have time with her. I've got a lot of beautiful friends that I want to spend time with. Uh, and I like to, um, you know me, I like to work on myself. <laughs> I spend my Friday nights at our, our webinars learning, yeah. right? and reading and stuff so i need that freedom and then like joy like life is way too short to not like enjoy like every day you should wake up and and it's like all right it might be some stuff you have to do that you don't want to but you got to enjoy like the majority of it for me that's success now for sure i love that okay so tell me how you went from you know wanting to be the defense attorney and then going into into psychology or majoring mm-hmm. in psychology to landing the role as a um, director, a multicultural something. Hold on. Wait a minute. Yes, it. business strategy. Business strategy. Yeah, it went all there? over, right? Like I have one of those paths, right? <laughs> Like, I have one of those paths that just, like, went in many, like, crazy turns. So, um, of course, I thought I was going to, like, graduate with a bachelor's in psychology and, like, have this great job that paid me, like, a whole bunch of money. Um, But it didn't. So I ended up working in a call center uh, because that was, like, the only place that paid more than, like, I was working at Walmart in the summers during college. So I went there and then found out that I was pretty good at, like, leading people. um, And I was also really good at, like, training. So, at least some of the like training stuff pulled in like my psychology when it came to like adult learning and concepts. Um, So I was a trainer for a long time and um, like some different organizations and like a a leader um, of trainers within that. And then, like I said, I'm a mom. So after having my daughter though, like I was like, as much as like at work, I was thriving and climbing. I was like, that has nothing, it it pales in comparison to like being with my child, right? So then I was like looking for like, how can I spend more time with her, right? Because it would like, it would totally kill me, like dropping her off, like she would cry, I would get in the car, I would cry, (laughs) you know, and it's just like, you can't, right? And so many moms like that I've talked to, like like they feel like the same way. Um, So I was able to do like some teaching and consulting that really her, let me more time with her um, over this, more time with her even during the day. Um, and then um, starting to like really look and like get kind of back into the workforce as she got older, maybe like first, second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I took, I had, I went back to school and got my master's, um, but I was um, in an assistant role at the company that I'm in. And I was at another one before then. Cause I was like, I had no idea how much money you can make as an executive assistant. Like I had no idea. It was way some of the jobs that I had with like big titles, right. And business cards. Right. Yeah. And at that yeah, point I was yeah. like, I want time with my kid. I want to be able to go on field trips and I need like kids are expensive. No, no doubt they're expensive. Right. And so that really filled that for me. And I was so kind of grateful to have that. And then um, as she kind of got older and I was in a really um, good company, the one that I'm in now, I just kind of started to really kind of look around and say, Hey, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? 
And um, when it comes to like the multicultural business strategy and some um, other companies, it's called like multicultural marketing. Like it really had that psychology piece of research. It had that creative piece um, of the marketing. And then really kind of, to me, that impact piece of really like being the voice and really paying attention to like consumers of color, especially women of color and consumers who have um, our lower income, right? That folks just Mm -hmm. ignore, especially in the financial industry. So it kind of had all those things. So as much as I've got huge dreams in art and music and writing that I will never let go, um, it's also really cool to like have a nine to five that also fulfills like so much of me. So I'm super blessed and grateful to be kind of in this role and growing. I love that. Um, And so you you said two things. One, I want to ask you, so for someone like myself, um, who (laughs) who may or may not have a clear definition of what your role is, Mm -hmm. right? So like, if I am fresh out of high school, and I'm looking at colleges and programs, like, we get the, your math and sciences, your business and comms, right? Mm -hmm. But your role is not something that I may know is available to me, right? So how, how would you define it? And how did you find it? Um, Those are my questions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I would say, like, I'm always a person who's, like, always doing, like, something extra, like, besides their role, right? So Mm -hmm. I was involved um, in ERGs at work, and one of the um, spots for um, ERGs um, was that, like, we were starting to kind of look at consensual lens, and so they said, hey, ERGs would be a great place to kind of tap into and kind of get some other, you know, more diverse perspectives. The company I work for was in the Midwest, um, so mm-hmm. not as much diversity as if we were like in New York or LA or something. Mm-hmm. And so tapping into ERGs was like a good business move. And um, I was one of the leaders of the ERGs. And like, even within like my assistant role, I started kind of raising my hand for stuff. Like, like I love this, I'd be glad to talk about this. Yep. And I think that um, that's like definitely one of the things that got me like interested in like, I didn't know that this really existed either at all like I had yeah. no idea you could do something in my mind that's so cool and, and, right. and so kind of fitting to my personality but I was watching um like a special on ABC for um Martin Luther King Day of all things and they had like uh Yolanda White I still follow her um and she at that time was an executive at Coca-Cola and like mm-hmm. this was her job and I was like oh my god I, was, I, I want that. that job I could do that job um, and so it was just kind of seeing it somewhere else. And then, you know, like, I truly believe that if you see something, you can kind of like pull it in, like to your world if you're preparing for it. And so like, I would say less than a year after seeing that, I had um, a role within this department and um, just continue to grow and now leading that department. I love that. And thank you. Thank you for explaining that. Um, because I think a lot of times it's, it's what you're, what you have access to or what you, mm-hmm. um, or what you are exposed to, right? And so. This job sort of could be specialized. Like I used to work in procurement. I didn't know that that was even a thing, right? Like what is procurement? Um, So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. And procurement is buying stuff. Cool stuff, fun stuff, sometimes not. But um, okay, Opal. So on top Mm -hmm. of your nine to five and being an awesome mom, you also have a passion for the arts. And so I would love to talk for you to share with us um, how you found a space to be able to um, be a mom, do your nine to five, but also um, not let your inner artistic needs die. That sounds so dramatic. 
Yeah, I love that though. But that's that's like it is so dramatic though, right? Like if you like have a dream, like it, it is exactly like that. So I love that. Yeah, for me, uh, it just it used to be I would say something that was always kind of like um, on the side or like separate from like my professional life or even like my academic life. And then in grad school, I had her and she wanted us to do kind of like our you know semester and assignment in a group assignment of course presentation and um she still one of my mentors to this day shout out to dr judy adrian and she uh said that she was like i want this to be you know of course grad level presentation but she's like no powerpoints she's like you all have to dazzle me in some way like you can't just come with straight out the box type stuff and so we're like sitting in this group and i was like well does anyone have any like skills or anything special or what could we do and then I was like, well, I was like, well, like I do spoken word, like I, I, I do that, I rap, and I never shared that before. And mm-hmm. then we ended up doing like, like presentation, like in this three act play, and like I just kind of like narrated it in spoken word, and it was like super dope, mm-hmm. and she loved it, and that was like the first time I was like, oh, I can bring this like into other places in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And so like I've actually been able to do it like in corporate America, which is crazy. So like I do a lot of like spoken word like kind of keynote type things or opening up conferences um we definitely use it i do it for like um like our large intern classes uh that come in i've been able to do it many different places um in my city and so it kind of like does make space in that nine to five which still kind of is like wow like i never thought that that would ever happen and then you know just i'm still like kind of just using like everything in life to like continue to like push my like creative efforts and the people I meet are like, no one's like one dimensional, right? Like I've continued to meet leaders and amazing folks who are also doing all this other really, really cool stuff once you get to know them. So yeah, yeah that's how I've been able to make space and, and kind of keep it. And um, I'm always like dragging my daughter to these places <laughs> that I have to go speak. Um, but you know, she, she likes it. And because of that, like she has like, like, She's been a little shy in her life, but she has like no fear public speaking. So like she gets up in class and her teacher's always like, wow, she's so quiet. I had no idea she'd do that, but she's just like seen it her whole life. So I, I guess I, I fit her in with that too. And she's super creative, plays a lot of instruments and is, is awesome as well. That's so dope. Yeah, we we get to get, get gain skills um, based on the things that we see. So that's that's amazing that you're uh, exposing her to that so young. Uh, my mom said you're a great role model. Absolutely. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so tell me this: um, what that process of learning that you wish you would have learned sooner? Yeah, I would say um, that like you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I thought for a long time in life. Like you could just like work really hard and just be resilient and take advantage of opportunities and have courage and then you would get whatever you needed. And what I've learned kind of later in life is that like absolutely not. Like you need all that, but it's also, it's so much, you know, it's cliche, but it's so much who you know, not just what you know. And folks really need to be saying your name in spaces that you're not. And I've seen that kind of over and over again. So yeah, you can't do it alone. I have so many people that just lift me up and continue to show me love. And it's like, I do not know why. So I just kind of cling to like favor ain't fair. And like, I'm so blessed in that way. But yeah, you cannot at all do it alone. Definitely the thing that I've learned. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and I think that the quicker that we do learn that, the further we'll go. Um, and then also yes. if you have that same spirit, right? You're also bringing up those people behind you or a, a, 
keeping people For alongside sure. you, um, which is which is a great spirit to have. Um, and favor ain't fair. I'm, I'm learning yes. that. And so God is, <laughs> God is goat for real. <laughs> yes, I definitely see that in your life too. For sure. For sure. Yes. Amen. amen. Um, okay, so the next question I have for you, Opal, is... Um, what are some of the tips and motivators that you use? So I'm sure, you know, time management and, you know, um, your spirituality, I know, plays a big part in, in, mm -hmm. in it as well. But just if you can share with us some of the tips and motivators that you've used to uh, get you get you here. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely my faith and spirituality for sure. Like, I don't do I don't do anything without God. I wouldn't even try. Uh, he blesses me. Uh, in every every single way uh, and I would just say I'm always like trying to learn from different people like I think people are just so amazing and um, especially like black women are just amazing so when I see someone like I said I saw Yolanda White I was like oh my gosh she's so dope like how is she doing that I saw Minda Harston here she's another one of those people that I'm just like she is so dope so I just like will study and like watch mm -hmm the journey and, and try to understand. As you know, Valicia is one of my biggest heroes. Like she's in my signature at work. I'm like, uh, you know, I speak the truth even if my voice shakes, cause that's so me. Um, so definitely just trying to continue like to learn. Like, I don't know, I can't not be inspired. Like even if I were to try to like, if I had an attitude or a bad day, like there's gonna be something that comes up that just inspires me and just makes me want to, to do more, to learn and to kind of be more. So I keep a lot of pot up around me too, like you said, I've got stuff on the wall yeah. at work, same way, in my workspace, same way, um, like on purpose to make sure that I continue to keep the things in front of me that are positive and uplifting and that just um, remind me like who I am and, and what could be. I love that. Um, and so um, my mom actually just said to me earlier today that favor, uh, favor and family were talking about that. And so yes. I love how that just came back up. And so um, we're talking about things that we wish, or you share, you know, something you wish that you had learned sooner. You also shared, um, uh, your tips and motivators. I wonder what, what advice would you give, um, to your daughter? Like what's the, what's the, the biggest thing you want her to know where she is right now at this age? Mm -hmm. Yeah, really that like not to put limits on herself. So she's, she's 15 and, those are like truly those formative years. Like they say that that's when you kind of create your personality. The music you like is the music you're going to like. And it can be such a springboard for great things in your life. So I'm always telling her like, you know, don't think like small at all. Don't just think about like what you've seen. Like in 15 years, like she's 30, the world is going to be totally different and super opened up um, for her. And so, yeah, just not to limit herself. Um, I try to tell her, like, like I said, we're in the Midwest and like, don't limit yourself by our city or whatever you see around you. Like if you are thinking of something that's amazing, like you can, you know, totally do that and to do it your way. I think it's the most important when I look at Gen Z, I'm so inspired at how they do their things their way. Like, I feel like I've had to like, you know, contort myself in all these ways to be able to to be what I wanted to be. And I think Gen Z is just like, nah, let, let me do it and have fun and not be stressed and do it better. And they're not afraid to do that. So I just try to tell her to kind of like hold on to that kind of magic that, that they have. I love that. And my mom said, feel the, feel the fear and do it anyways. Um, okay, so Opal, we are coming to the end of the questions that I have for you. Um, I want to give you this opportunity to share with us 
um, ways that uh, we can support you. So where are we following you? Where are your projects? What's the, what's the, what, how can we, how can we support you? Opal? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm definitely on, on Instagram. Um, everything that I'm on is just at O P A L E L L Y S E. Uh, I have a website too. Um, same thing. Opalalisa.com. Uh, I'm active on Twitter as well, uh, YouTube, um, even Facebook. So I'm all on those different things. I have a spoken word album called My Name is Opal. That's on all platforms. So Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, um, iTunes, if you want to download the album. And then I just draw a single um, as well, a music single um, produced by DJ Payne One. <laughs> That's called um, Anti-Anxiety Slowdown. And I um it's like for me it's like one of the things is like the most me like that that vibe is like totally me so i'm I'm super happy to you know like i said still still chasing my dreams still doing what i love so yeah you can support me in in any way um yeah just listen to something is the best thing you can do for me so and we will definitely add links to the show notes y'all this has been truly amazing i've been inspired and am always inspired by you because i see you in so many different pockets right so i see you in the master class and then i see you doing the music and i see you with your commentary on twitter and it's just always just so good to see and i'm so inspired by you um and so thank you for being on the show today um as you know the last question is i am the amateur expert and i know a little bit about a lot and so opal if you could please share with me a random fact, a random tidbit of information, snapple fact, something, anything. Teach me something else. <laughs> oh, cool. Yes, I love that. I love that. Um, so uh, one random thing, because I'm a person who loves random facts, is that I took a class called um, the Literature of the Bible, who was led by this um, professor who was like amazing. And he like even helped interpret like the Dead Sea Scrolls. So he knew like his Hebrew. He knew everything. And he um, told us that Quintino, who's like one of my favorite directors, who's directed like Django and Pulp Fiction, that he actually models how he makes movies after the canons in the Bible. So like the Bible is like not for the first time reader, as you know, like you keep going through, you keep seeing more, you keep seeing the connections. So like mm -hmm. that's how that's like his like like inspiration to how he makes movies. So like when you watch like a classic, like Pulp Fiction oh and then you watch it like, oh, I didn't see this thread. So he's like copying the Bible. And I just thought that was the dopest thing. Cause I'm like the Bible, Quentin Tarantino, like totally different. I love them both. Um, so that's like my, my- That is fact. dope. That is dope. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, Opal, always a pleasure. I will see you Friday night, likely. <laughs> Yes. yes. In class. <laughs> Y'all be sure to support Opal. All of her links will be in the show notes. Um, if you're just tuning in, you miss an awesome show, but you can watch the replay, YouTube, uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, all of the places. Um, you guys, I hope you have a great day. Join us um, for daily affirmations at Firm's Armor. Um, we are doing those for the rest of the week and hopefully for the rest of the month, but we're going to come in at least a month, a week at first. Um, so you guys have a great day. Opal, let's be still for a little bit and do our cheesy thing so that we have a cute awesome. still. Ready? Perfect. Um, okay, you guys have a great day. Be good to yourself and be good to others. And we will see you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ashley. Later.